Now the civil courts had finished with me, the army wanted its pound of flesh. I should have seen it coming, but that was what everybody said about exocets until one collided with the Sheffield at six hundred miles an hour. Bastards, I sighed. I beg your pardon, Major, this from the brigadier, mortally offended. I said, you're all bastards, sir. The older man half smiled, or at least I thought he did. His face was almost holy in shadow. He shook his head. There's an alternative, of course. Your resignation, should it be forthcoming, would be accepted with immediate effect on, shall we say, compassionate grounds, providing, that is, it was accompanied by an undertaking to respect the confidentiality of all aspects of your past duties. Perhaps, I suggested sourly, it would be less embarrassing for everyone if I had a man-to-man -man chat with a service revolver, sir. My inquisitors looked at each other. Clearly they were unable to reach a consensus. Let's not get hysterical about this, the brigadier decided, deploying his casting vote. The object of the exercise is to resolve this matter with the least possible heartache, and to avoid any further unnecessary and unhelpful publicity. Emily Marshall was waiting for me on the steps leading onto Whitehall. I walked past her lost in my thoughts. She was dressed in mufti, blue jeans and an oversized duffel coat, a woolly hat jammed down over her ears against the chill of the north wind. What are you doing here? I asked like a fool. We didn't have a chance to say goodbye properly, she smiled, seizing my hand. Let's walk. You're not supposed to be here. They're going to throw me out in a month or two, Emily rejoined wryly. As soon as somebody notices the baby bump, none of the people in my department are very observant, or I'd have already been on my way. They'll have noticed, I chuckled. Trust me, they'll have noticed. They probably just don't want to lose you. From Emily's silence, I realised she'd already worked that out for herself. Whereas, they definitely want rid of me, I confessed as we walked down Whitehall. Emily slipped her hand through the crook of my arm. There's a world of difference, she said softly, between being quietly released from your commission and getting dishonourably discharged, Harry, she hesitated. I'm here because General Calder tipped me off that they called you into the headmaster's room for a wigging. Whatever that is, she admitted. Did he, indeed? For a general? He's an old sweetie, Emily observed mischievously. And luckily for you, I think he feels responsible for making sure you don't do anything silly. He said he'd be in touch in due course, she added as we walked towards Westminster, and that until then you were to keep your nose clean and not antagonise anybody. He was very, very specific about that. <laughs> oh, right. Ah, uh, I just called a brigadier and a colonel bastards. Harry! My self-appointed guardian angel chastised me. We walked on. So now you're working for the general. I meant it as a joke. It came out of my lips like a rebuke, almost an accusation of betrayal. Emily halted. No, I'm not working for the general. I'm here because I like you, Harry, and I want to help. She didn't make any move to withdraw her arm from the crook of my elbow. We walked on, caught a bus heading towards Victoria. Oh, she said, as an afterthought conversationally, and the next time you make a snide remark about my motives, I reserve the right to slap your face. Okay? I turned my cheek to her. Go ahead, hit me. I shouldn't have said that about you working for the general. 
If it wasn't for you, I'd have blown my brains out long ago. I thought Emily was going to cry for a moment. Instead, she took me home to Wimbledon, where I finally met her husband, Gavin. He was tall, dark-bearded, and was a little surprised by how small and harmless I looked in real life. Only the one head, and so forth. <laughs>